Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi everybody and welcome to Further Love of Paul McGrath podcast. Just wanted to jump on with a really, really quick one. Um, just to discuss somebody who, I'll be honest with you, I was asked to do a little piece on this person by, by somebody on Twitter last night. And it's to discuss Luis Openda from RC Lance. Um, just we were linked with him yesterday and I'll give you a small bit of my opinion on him. Um, somebody that is definitely not going under the radar in European football. Everybody Every club knows about him because he's been in absolutely scintillating form um, over the course of the last three seasons, really, uh, since he went on loan from Club Brugge to um, Vitesse Arnhem uh, in 2020. Um, he's had three really, really good seasons. He's still only 23 years of age. He's made his Belgian um, uh, debut as well during that period of time. He's eight, eight appearances for Belgium and has scored two goals. Um, so we're going to take a little look at this player just to give you a little bit of background for him. He plays as a centre-forward for Lance. There is some uh, chatter with regards to him potentially playing out wide and such. Um, when I've looked at any of the, the game logs for him or when I've looked at him and, and, and gotten footage of him playing out wide, it seems to be when he comes on in that position maybe, and it's more so coming on as a 10 more so than uh, than as an out and out wide midfielder or as an out and out winger uh, as well. So what I'm gonna I'm gonna define him as a forward player as opposed to giving him a definition because he essentially is a centre forward that sometimes drops back into that ten position. And why am I making a distinction between that is because at the moment we've got Ali Watkins up top and we've got Emmy Buendia who plays plays beside him. Um, the dynamic between the two players is very much a striker in Ollie Watkins and a player that creates space, drops a bit deeper and can move across that line. It would move into the into the half spaces, should I say, um, from that number 10 space uh, that Buendia does. And, and when Bailey does it, he he plays in, in, in that kind of position as well. Obviously, I think that Buendia is better at it because he can move across the field better than Bailey can as well. And why am I mentioning that? Because I think Luis... Um, Openda can be that player also, while also being able to step in and being be that more, um, more accustomed number nine as well if he is to play up top. Um, so as I say, he play, plays centre forward, pretty pretty dynamic player. You know, one of the things you're going to read about Openda is his pace. He's a really pacey player. Anybody who's played any online computer game, whether it be f- uh, Football Manager whether it be uh, uh, FIFA, everybody will, will be aware of the high scores that he has with regards to his pace, his acceleration, his sprint speeds and stuff like that. And while we would never, ever, ever dream of taking that as 
as as an absolute whenever we're looking at a player. Well, sorry, I certainly would never dream of taking that as an absolute when looking at a player. Um, when I when I propped him up on my scout, um, you know, you can see he definitely has pace. He's 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 five nine. He's not a big guy, taller than me. Uh, but he's not a he's not a big tall guy. Um, but he utilizes his speed really well, and 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 as I say, he gets on the end of things, which is which is absolutely superb um, for a player like, like him as well. Um, he's a technical player. You know, he's brought, he was born in Liège in, in Belgium, so he's had all his footballing upbringing uh, prior to moving to Vitesse and then also on to Ligue 1, on to uh, Lance. A lot, all his footballing upbringing was, was done in Belgium. In fairness to Belgium, over the last 15, 20 years, they've really focused on the technical aspect of, of players. And I, I think realistically, they've always had a good technical aspect to their play, much like the Dutch uh, do with uh, via their academies as well. And he certainly has that has that too. Um, I mentioned he's 5'9", and I don't want that to put anybody off because he's able to hold his own ground for for a guy who's 5'9". I've, I've seen a couple of things. Um, scouting reports and him previously and I've seen a couple of people say that he's really really strong I don't see him use strength if that makes sense I don't see him bullying people or bursting past people I don't see him in that mold of a Carlos Tevez who was really like you could see he was strong he was physically upper body built he could push players off the ball and yet he was in a small stature I don't see that I see it I see his strength more so come on come from the point of view that um He's able to, you know, he's able to brush past people. Now he does get fouled an awful lot as well. If we remember back to Jack Grealish, when Jack Grealish used to get fouled and create a lot of opportunities for uh, Aston Villa in and around the box, a pen that can do that as well because he's got he's very dynamic in his movement um, too. But from a strength point of view, he's not going to get muscled off the ball, but he's not going to be that little ball of muscle as well that we would associate maybe with a smaller player like a Carlos Tevez. Um, you know, from that point of view. So I just wanted to make that distinction. It's it's a distinction without a difference, I think, really. But I think it's also uh, important as well. Um, as we know, Aston Villa like to play on the counter-attack. And uh, what do you need for counter-attacking football? You need people who can drop deep and can break at pace. At this moment in time, we do lack a small bit of pace in this team. So I can see the reasoning behind uh, somebody like Luis, Luis Appenda um, being on the uh, being on the scouting uh, on the scouting reel for sure. Um, it's one of the reasons why I I was really buoyed by the fact that Villa were linked previously with Jonathan David, who everybody knows is a real darling of mine, um, as well because they bring that ability to be able to break at pace, get into the box really quickly, or be able to carry the ball as well. Um, and Appenda is a very good dribbler of the ball. While since he's been at RC Lance, he's not really been tasked with dribbling the ball as much as he was at Vitesse um, for those two seasons. And he had one magic season at Vitesse, and we'll discuss that in a moment as well when we look more on the numbers side of things. At the moment, I'm just kind of discussing what I've seen from him as well. Um so as I say, with regards to the counter-attacking ability he has, um, you see you see vast amounts of um more so, I suppose, really when he was with Vitesse, you see a lot lot more um ability to be able to beat a defender one-on-one, you know, get around the back of defenders as well, carry the ball himself. Um since he's gone to launch, he's been more tasked with being more of an Ali Watkins of being that finisher type, you know, while obviously being able to dis- display it as well, he hasn't done it as much because the team dictates that he doesn't. They've got some really good players in in Lance, like um, Sekou Fofana, uh, who's in there, who do a lot of the donkey work of carrying the ball and being a lot of the creative aspect within the team. 
uh, amongst other players. So they need somebody up there that can finish the ball, and Lapenda certainly can do that because he is primarily a goal scorer. No matter what age group he's been at, he's scored goals. Um, and he's good at scoring from different areas of the pitch as well. Um, specifically when you look at, uh, once again, since he's gone to Lawrence and he's been able to focus on being that primary striker, um, a lot of his goals, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but just from memory of look, watched, watching his uh, his goals uh, for Lawrence, a lot of them come um, inside the box. But when you watch his goals for Vitesse, he's able to carry the ball a small bit more and he's had a lot more varied range of scoring, which is fine. you know. So he's shown he can do it. And I think that's important to have within the Premier League, specifically if you're going to be uh, a, a support striker type um, option beside Ollie Watkins, if that's where... Uh, he w- is to come in with, within this team. Um, he's got a really good shot accuracy uh, rating, which we'll see in a moment as well. Um, and he does take a high volume of shots per game, far more shots than the players that we have already. So that's one thing that the, the economy of, of uh, Ollie Watkins, and I've updated Ollie Watkins' statistics on these slides to um, factor in his, his, uh, his most recent goal-scoring um, form. And also I've updated Danny Ings as well to factor in the time that he's had since he's gone to gone to West Ham. And this isn't an Ings versus Watkins thing. It's just they're really the two key strikers that we have that we can kind of show where we are as a team and have had decent time and decent minutes with the team so far this season. For obvious reasons, I don't have John Duran in there. And for obvious reasons, I don't have Bundia and uh, Leon Bailey in there either. So um, I've, I've continued to keep Danny Ings in there considering he played six months with the team. And uh, obviously, Ollie Watkins is in there because he's been our king since uh, Emery has come in. Um, Openda shows some good good composure in front of goals, is a, is a note I've written down here. Um, he is a very good finisher. Um, he, I think it was a game I watched where they played Claremont, Claremont Foot, and he scored a hat trick in that game. I'm trying to remember, he scored a hat trick in two games. I think he scored a hat trick against Toulouse as well. And I can't remember which one it was, but I'm nearly certain it was Claremont Foot. He showed an brilliant ability to just be able to take a, um, a measured kind of snapshot if that makes sense so it was really measured and and you know just the the, the goals were good um if it, if it was the Claremont foot game I'm thinking of the goals were good as good indicators of um of, of his ability uh, he scored two hat-tricks as I said this season he scored 17 goals in the league this season already um and two hat-tricks. So, you know, one of the things I will say about Luis Penda is that he has had some situations whereby he's gone four or five, six games without scoring. But he's a young striker. We've also seen that from, from Ollie Watkins as well in the early part of the season. But he's a young he's a young striker. You would expect that. He's only turned 23 since February this season. But, like, we'll look at his statistics in a moment. He scored 28 goals in one season for Vitesse Arnhem and, and basically shot them shot the lights out for them and shot him into European football. He was second in the runner-up in the Eredivisie um, Golden Boot to Sebastian Heller, who was playing lights out as well for uh, for Ajax that season. So, um, you know, he did did show an awful lot of pedigree, and that's what made RC Lance sign him for £10 million, uh, as well. Um, as I mentioned previously, Appenda's off-the-ball movement is really good. He's intelligent. He knows when to when to utilise his burst of pace. Uh, he doesn't run with the handbrake off all the time, um, maybe like Leon Bailey does. He, know, he knows when to utilise those bursts of, paces, uh, p- bursts of pace, should I say, to get out of trouble and also to progress the ball forward as much as he needs to. He's a clever player and he's... he's um, 
I know it's topical at the moment because there's snooker going on, but if you think about a snooker player who thinks about two or three shots ahead, you can kind of see that with a pender that uh, he's he's trying to manipulate the ball into a certain area so that he can maybe catch a player one-on-one and, and, and try a trick or something like that, or even get a player so that he's maybe shielding the goalkeeper's sight before he takes a shot. Um, and, and it's difficult to kind of to highlight any areas where you can actually see that, but you always get that feeling from him when he's dribbling with the ball. It's not just a straight line motion a lot of the time, and I like to see that in a player as well. Um, obviously, there's areas he's going to be able to improve in. Um, we're going to see his passing statistics in a moment. They ain't entered the right home about. Um, so his passing accuracy could very much uh, improve as well. Once again, he's a young player who's been asked to do something different to, for RC Lance uh, this season, and he's banging in the goal. So I would imagine if you were to ask any Lance fan, um, do you have a problem with his passing ability? I would say they, I would say they would say no, as long as he keeps passing it into the back of the net. You know, they don't really care about that as well. Um, he offers nothing, nothing defensively. I mean, nothing defensively um does he offer so uh don't be expecting him to bust the bust along like a buendia and get back and maybe try and get a pass in and get a block in uh, he doesn't offer really much anything he does have a couple of ball recoveries all right but um you know this guy is an out and out striker uh you t- so so i i don't know whether he can do it i presume he can do it he hasn't been asked to do it for vitesse or he hasn't been asked to do it for uh for rc launch as well um, so for me to kind of denigrate him for that, I'm not going to because I just haven't seen him, his ability to be able to do it. Whether he can do it or not, if he comes into the Premier League, would be very much something that will have to be seen as well. Um, but look, he's a real, real promising centre forward. Uh, he's not a secret within Europe at all. And uh, we're going to take a little look at some of his statistics here. So let's pop him up. So as I said, there he is. Uh, all happy with himself after scoring a goal for RC Lance. So if we move on here to his uh, attacking statistics here, we can see um, some very, very good attacking stats, as, as, as I mentioned there previously. 3.79 shots on goal, 47.7% shot on target rate, at uh, 0.20 uh, goals per shots uh, percentage. Um, his average shot distance, as I mentioned before, this is over the last 365 days since moving to um, RC Lance as well, is within the penalty area. So he's been a penalty area striker uh, for that predominantly for that period of time. Um, the aerial jewels won 41.4%. Like, as I said, he is only five foot nine, So I wouldn't be expecting him to be that real massive, big hold-up player, although he is plenty strong enough to be able to, um, to brush off tackles when he's in movement as well. Um, chances missed. He's missed 10 chances this season. If you take more shots, you're going to miss more chances. That's one of the things that I would say here when we look at our radiograph to the right-hand side here. You know, we've got uh, the amount of shots that people take and the goals per shot ratio that they have. Um, you can see that uh, Ings and um, uh, Ings had a huge goal per shot ratio previously at the start of the season when he was with Aston Villa. Since moving to West Ham, that's that's come down a bit. He is now at the same goals per shot ratio, give or take. There's Ollie Watkins, um, which is coming in, I think, about 0.17, I think is what it is. Openda has a 0.20 shots per goal ratio. So he's taking more shots, scoring more goals from those, and he's got a better shot uh, shot on target rate than um, than, than Danny Ings and, and in and around the same shot on target rate as Ollie Watkins. And we know Ollie Watkins has a very good shots on target rate uh, as well. Um, scoring frequency once, once every game and a half, which is fantastic too. 
Uh, looking here at his at his at his pass attempts, as I mentioned there, you know, in the build-up play, he hasn't he isn't tasked with doing an awful lot for for Lance. You can see it here in the statistics. Doesn't have an awful lot of passing attempts, and as we can see there, if you don't have a lot of attempts, your completion rate can either be massively high or can be massively low. But based on the small sample set there, we can see pass completion rate is sixty six percent for him. Would need to be a bit better in the Premier League, I think for sure. But I'm sure if he was to come in and play play under Una Emery, that's something that would be drilled into him. If he'd be given a slightly different role than he is uh, at uh, at Lance at the moment. But one of the big things that we need to look at here is his shot creating actions and his goal creating actions are quite high uh, as well. When we look at um, they're they're decent, shall I say? They're middle of the pack. So even though he doesn't have an awful lot of uh, awful good pass completion rate, you know he's able to create shots. He's able to create goals um, for both himself and for other players as well. Um, once again, touches twenty six point one one six touches per per um per per game. Um, he's dispossessed very very fleetingly zero point eight eight uh times per game, which is really good. We want to see that. Uh, he's one point zero six crosses per game, and I think that percentage that I have highlighted there for his uh for his crosses, I think that needs to be changed. It doesn't look too right to me because you know he barely crosses the ball in per game. So I would imagine that uh, that that is incorrect there on my... Oh, no, it's not. It's right. 82%. Moral of the story, everyone. Don't doubt yourself. Um, <laughs> with ball recoveries at 2.21, ball, ball recoveries per game is um, is down the bottom third um, of all strikers there as well. So he doesn't get involved in the defensive game whatsoever, really. He's not tasked with doing it more so um, than he doesn't get involved. Over the course of his young career, he's had... Uh, he's completed 90, 90 minutes uh, 88.9 times uh, in his career. He scored 49 goals and he's nine assists. So that's a pretty decent goal return rate. And as I mentioned previously, he had a superb year for um, for uh, Vitesse Arnhem, uh, playing 50 games in 2021-22 season, played 50 games scoring 28 goals overall during the course of that season. And the breakdown there was nine goals in Europe and 19 goals in the league, in the Eredivisie, uh, that season he was on loan from Club Brugge, and as I said, that um, enticed Lance to make the make the move for him. So far this year, he's played thirty six games for Lance, and he has scored seventeen goals and propelled them up into third position, I think, in in league one at the moment. Um, obviously, during that period of time last year, he was capped as a Belgian international. He he in twenty twenty two he had six games scoring two goals, and he said two appearances in twenty twenty three as well. So overall, when we look at him here in comparison to some of our strikers, we can see here I wasn't lying with the fact that he takes a lot more shots than um, than our, uh, our, our our incumbent strikers there as well. And um, when I talk about his ball recovery rate, he recovers it at the same clip as, as a Danny Ings or, or Ali Watkins, but he doesn't get, in, get stuck into tackles. He's tracking back is very much he's got an imaginary line in the field where he doesn't pass. And that's okay too. That's a managerial preference, I think, as well. And that's absolutely fine. Um, one of the big things here that we'll see is his scoring frequency. And I know that a lot of these are based on the fact that um, Ollie Watkins obviously went through barren spell during the course of this season prior to Unai Emery coming in. But uh, we can see here that Appenda is a regular scorer um, uh, of goals. There, are, there have been a period of games um, where he did go without scoring. Um, he went uh, from actually he yeah, he went he went a pretty decent um, period of time. He went from the fourteenth of January 
all all the way up to actually the start of March without scoring goals. Now, he was in and out of the team there. Uh, there were some slight niggling injuries. He was coming off the bench in a couple of those games. A couple of those games, he only played less than half an hour in those games as well. But uh, there was a couple of niggling injuries. But he came back then, as I said, on the 12th of March, scored hat-tricks against, against Claremont Foot. scored two goals then against Angers. Uh, the week after, and uh, it, he looked to have gotten his injuries, uh, gotten over those injuries or the recovery from those injuries as as well. So um, that is uh, that that is Luis Appenda. I think I think it's uh, uh, hopefully it's been an, an in depth review of him. Whether he signs for Aston Villa, I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you. But if we're going to be linked to players, we're going to look at players. And I think that it's for, it's valid to try and see the types of players, as I've said before, the Aston Villa are going to be linked to it. This the source for this link. I'm not 100 percent sure on the source of this link. Um, they do tend to link a lot of players to a lot of teams. Now they could be right. Um, but as I say, am I holding out hope for this? Don't know. Is <laughs> really the, really the answer to it. But if we were to bring in a player of this type or of this ilk, um, the 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 costing of this player suits, uh, I suppose suits our budget for sure. Um, but if we we're going to bring in a player like this, I could definitely see where a player like Openda would fit in with Aston Villa Football Club. Whether we sign him or not is yet to be determined. Me, myself, I think it's a long shot because uh, I, I just I, I think that, uh, that, that while he, he does does have the, the, um, the ability and, and so on, I just have no idea what Unai Emery or who Unai Emery has in his sights at the moment. And if it is Lewis Openda, uh, then absolutely fantastic. You know, we'll... we'll um, We'll take a, a greater look into him once the um, the uh, the links become a bit more concrete. So hopefully that has um, has helped or has uh, you know been a beneficial to any of you guys watching. We will be doing more and more scouting as the season draws to a close. Um, it's what I love doing the most. But in the meantime, uh, for any of you guys watching this live or for watching this back on the 28th of April, Friday the 28th of April, myself and Paddy will be back with a preview of the of the Manchester United game later on this evening at half past nine. Please join us for that. Uh, we'd love to have you on board. And we will also be back then with our team sheet tantrums and our post-match after the Manchester United game on Sunday, the 30th of April as well. So in the meantime, everybody, have a fantastic evening and uh, we'll see you later. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.